Even at a distance, I could detect the slender slashes of old scars upon his left cheek. A German, then, I decided, or perhaps Austrian. Such scars were unique to the Teutons and their bloodthirsty habit of marking each other with saber-tips for sport. But what business did a continental aristocrat have that required him to lurk near the graveyard of so nondescript a village as Little Byfield? I turned to put the question to the vicar, but as I did I saw a flicker of movement and realised our visitor had slipped away. I thought no more about him, and in a very short time I was seated in the stuffy drawing-room of the vicarage, holding a cup of tea and a plate of sandwiches. With the effort of packing up the cottage, I had not always remembered to eat in the hours following Aunt Nell's death. I diligently applied myself to two plates of sandwiches and one of cake, for the vicarage employed an excellent cook. The vicaress raised her brows slightly at my prodigious appetite. I am glad you feel quite up to taking some nourishment, Miss Speedwell. I did not reply. My mouth was full of Victoria sponge, but even if it had not been, there seemed no polite response. The vicar and his wife exchanged glances, significant ones, and the vicar cleared his throat. My dear Miss Speedwell, Mrs. Clutterthorpe and I naturally take a very keen interest in the welfare of everyone in the village, and while you and your aunt are relative newcomers among us, we are, of course, most eager to offer you whatever assistance we can at this difficult time. I took a sip of the tea, pleased to find it scalding hot and properly strong. I abhorred weakness of any kind, but most particularly in my tea but the vicar's pointed reference to newcomers had nettled me. True, Aunt Nell had moved to the little cottage in Little Byfield upon Aunt Lucy's death only some three years past, but English villagers were terminally insular. No matter how many socks she knitted for the poor, or how many shillings she collected to repair the church roof, Aunt Nell would always be a newcomer, even if she had lived among them for half a century. I felt a flicker of mischief stirring and decided with Aunt Nell gone there was no need to suppress it. She was not my aunt. The vicar blinked. I beg your pardon? Miss Nell Harbottle was not my aunt. It was a title she claimed for the sake of convenience, but we were not kin. Miss Harbottle and her sister, Miss Lucy Harbottle, took me in and reared me. I was a foundling, orphaned and illegitimate, to be precise. The vicaress sat forward in her chair. My dear, you speak very frankly of such things. Should I not? I asked, as politely as I could manage. There is no shame in being orphaned, nor in that my parents were unmarried, at least no shame that ought to attach to me. It was an accident of birth and nothing more. Another significant exchange of glances between the vicar and his wife, but I pretended not to notice. I realised my views were exceedingly unorthodox in this respect. We had moved from town to town as I grew, and in every village, no matter how peaceful and pretty, there was always someone to wag a tongue and pass a judgment. The fact that my surname was different from my guardian's had always excited suspicion, and it was never long before I heard the whispers alluding to the sins of the fathers being visited on the children, occasionally from Aunt Nell herself. Aunt Lucy had been my champion— Her warm affection had never wavered, but the constant moves had frayed Aunt Nell's nerves and soured her temper. She used to watch me as I grew, her expression wary, and in time that wariness deepened to something not unrelated to dislike. With Aunt Lucy watching over me, Aunt Nell seldom dared to give tongue to her feelings, but I understood she was quite put out by my excellent spirits and rude good health.
I think she would have found it far more just if I had suffered from a crooked back or spotty complexion to mark me as the product of sin. And yet I knew her resentment stemmed from being excluded, being marked out as a subject of gossip by the very Christian folk into whose bosom she longed to be gathered. Folk like the Clutterthorpes. I am afraid we did not have the pleasure of knowing Miss Harbottle Thither, the vicar began. I recognized an inducement to talk when it was offered and swallowed my mouthful of cake to oblige him. Miss Lucy Harbottle died some three years ago, in Kent. No, I am mistaken, I said, tipping my head thoughtfully. It was in Lancashire. That was after we lived in Kent. Indeed? You seem to have lived in very many places, the vicaress commented. Only the slight pursing of her lips, suggesting that it might not be in the best of taste to change one's house almost as often as one changed one's shoes. I shrugged. My guardian.